Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza, and this is a showcase episode, a mini episode, because we're going to talk about Stardom's 10th anniversary, Hinamatsuri All-Star Dream Cinderella. Yeah, that's right. It took place on March the 3rd. I was originally going to post this or try to get this out um, a day earlier, but I decided to wait just in case the New Japan Pro Wrestling anniversary show was um, worth talking about. It was a really good show. I liked it. I liked the three last matches, but I didn't really think it was noteworthy in any sense, um, or at least not to like include in this show. We may talk about this in the in the general show on Tuesday, uh, next Tuesday. Uh, but for now, this will be just focused on stardom because... I think this may have been the match, the the show of the year. Uh, I haven't heard a single person that has watched it say anything bad about it. Uh, actually, like most people are saying this is a, a show of the year contender. They're saying that at least two or three matches are matches of the year contender. I would agree with two of them. The third one, I thought it was fantastic, but it was just lightly behind the other two. But nonetheless, it was just like a tremendous, tremendous show. Like this was, um, I think, the first time in many, many years, potentially like more than a decade, for sure more than a decade, maybe like more than two decades, that a woman's promotion uh, had a show in Nippon Budokan. And it was great. They They had an attendance of about... 3.3k people and that was on a tuesday uh in a pandemic and so i think that's that speaks volumes of the the level of the show obviously it was the biggest show in stardom's uh uh history all of the history so it, it did gather a lot of people but i mean for any by all means if this had taken place on a weekend or maybe during a holiday week, you know, like Golden Week or New Year's Eve era, um, I think there would have been the potential of people um, traveling for the show and they could have done more. Uh, I do. Like, I don't know how the, the seating was done because it looked packed, but I also noticed that there was a big chunk behind the stage that was uh, blocked off. So I'm guessing they just could have like opened that space off for more people if they were allowed to. Obviously there are, I think they, they did more people than they were allowed. I don't know what the, the limit was, but it just seemed like way more people. Um, they were slightly behind the Noah show in Budokan, which I guess it's understandable. I mean, Noah is a company that it's a really old company uh, and Keiji Muto was main eventing and winning the championship. So I think that alone was going to trump anything that Stardom could do. Because, I mean, as big as Julia and Tom and Joshiko and Mayu Watani are, I mean, none of them are, are Gocho Saki or Keiji Muto, you know. But nonetheless, I think this was like an incredible success. I think this is going to give a Bushy Road. And maybe other women's promotions, like the confidence to to start going bigger and bigger. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Stardom has a second Budokan show this year. Um, at least uh, maybe because they are already like like getting ready to go to the Yokohama Budokan. So, I mean, they're definitely starting to look at bigger uh, places. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a November or an October show come back to Budokan. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of like what shows. Um, I, I can't imagine like any of the fin the the finals for the, their tournaments, but maybe there will be a Cinderella later on um, down the line in November that could come back to Budokan to try and try and do like 
a bigger draw because I would imagine that by for November maybe Japan will have their uh, their stuff like more in order and they'll be able to have a bigger show. But nonetheless, I think let's start with the show. Like I said, it was a fantastic show. I think I I would have to really like sit down and think and compare it to Wrestle Kingdom to see if it was like if it's like right now my number one show of the year. But it's for sure like between one and two. I I'm having a hard time really thinking about any show that was better than this because this was top notch, top to bottom, bell to bell. Um, like there was just one specific thing that if you take it away, I think it would have been a just like a, a perfect show, pretty much. Uh, and and that thing, realistically, it's something that I personally don't like. But I think it's the type of thing that maybe like uh, just culturally in Japan, they're OK with. So we'll get to it. But anyway, let's start from the beginning. There were two matches that uh, didn't take place in the actual broadcast out of the show. They were like technically prologue matches. They, this were broadcasted for free so people could. I mean, they're your technically your pre-show matches to try and see the show. And if you saw the first match and you didn't decide to buy the show, then I don't know what to do with you. I, I cannot help you anymore. But like the first match of the night was the high speed championship match. That is Asumi, the champion, losing to Natsuboy in, in over seven minutes in a, I mean, they lived up to the name in a high speed match. Uh, this was fantastic. Uh, like this was the opener and I was already like, you know, here, four stars, you know, I, I think I give it like about four stars. It was just like a great, great. This was, I think this was the match that I was more uh, hopeful for. I thought that this was the match that had the most potential to steal the show. I mean, there's, there's the three main events were matches that you knew they were going to be fantastic, but this was the match that I thought, I think this has the potential to steal the show. This is the dark horse match of the night. And oh boy, it was fantastic. Like Asumi, it's she has been fantastic pretty much since since she debuted it. Like when she was like a a rookie, still wearing like those uh, cargo military pants, and she was so like tough and buff, and and you could just see that she had it. And and now she has become like a total package type of wrestler. She's only I think like eighteen or nineteen, and she's already like top uh women uh wrestler of the world i mean she's not the best but she's up there you know and give her a couple of more years and she's going to be the best uh she has like the the charisma the pose the confidence the the wrestling she is similar to yuka sakasaki who uh who knows what to do when there's nothing happening in a match uh, and Nasumi is one of those those uh, wrestlers, and and Natsuboy. I mean, she ever since she debuted, she's been just unstoppable, fantastic, super charismatic, like super athletic. It was just like this was like the clash of just like the perfect, uh, the, like the future of of stardom. Um, you know, throwing Starlight Kid in there, and, and these three are going to be your next generations. Uh, Hojo Sane and I mean, yeah, Hojo Shirai and Iwatani, like this three together, I think they're going to be the future of stardom. And, and I think the title change is happening at the perfect time. I think uh, Asumi had like a really good reign. Uh, she wrestled a lot of people, a lot of them were bigger than her, and she beat them. And I think uh, it's good at this point because Natsuboy is really just starting with stardom. Uh, she hasn't really, you know, cemented herself. But now having the title is a big deal. I mean, she will have to be on the spotlight more. And and so I think that's going to be good for her. I mean, this is going to establish her for sure. In the same way, I think Asumi losing this title will free her up so she can start chasing other titles. I I wouldn't be surprised if, if again, like, by the time we get to Tokyo Cinderella or yeah, I think there's a Tokyo Cinderella in May and I think there's another Yokohama Cinderella in June. I have the, the dates. Uh, I, I 
let me double check them really quick let me see announcements we got yokohama dream cinderella in april and july and tokyo dream cinderella in may so what i was trying to say is don't be surprised if asumi is challenging either nakano or hayashishita probably hayashishita in either either of those cinderellas for that matter oh well, i mean not april but for sure like july or, or may i wouldn't be surprised if asumi like is elevated to that spot quickly um because she she's already there she's just uh you know like right now she's like the smaller uh wrestler of of queen's quest but like there's no reason why she can't like start chasing those titles uh by the end of the year i wouldn't be surprised if she's not carrying the SWA title for instance like she may not win the red or the the white title this year but I wouldn't be surprised if she goes down and, and defeats Sudi. uh I mean they're all they're already like one and one you know so it's not out of this world to think that that could happen um the next the next match also free also a prologue match was the goddess of stardom title match this was Donna Del Mundo, the team of Maika and Himeka defeating Oedotai, the team of Natsuko Tora and Kasaki Kashima. And I actually really, really liked this match too. Uh, this was one, maybe like one of the matches that I had least hopes for. Uh, realistically, in the last month or two, Oedotai has been really underwhelming. Uh, Natsuko Tora like, had several matches where you could just like She's not really trying, and there's been a bunch of cheating. There's chains all over the place. And and Saki Kashima, like, I mean, I, I really like her, but I also think that sometimes, uh, especially when she's taking falls, for instance, like, she's just, like, in there. And so I wasn't really sure what to expect of this, but Natsuko Tora and Kashima, like, really had their working boots on. I really, really enjoyed this match. Um, Maika is just fantastic. Maika's another, like, I... I've compared Micah in the previous uh, reviews that we've done that she reminds me a lot of a year one Utami Hayashishita. Someone who like you can see that the talent is there. Uh, like they're already fantastic. They just need to like maybe establish themselves a slightly more uh, to be like a top wrestler in the company. And I think Micah's on her way. I, I think it's just a matter of time. Um, I mean, she's already challenge for the for big titles she challenged uh what's her face uh utami hayashishita so it's it's not crazy to believe that she will also will be one of those like top top wrestlers later on she's already fantastic in my opinion and himeka's good uh she's she's green himeka's just green uh she needs to like just work and work and work and, and also she'll be great uh her look and, and size gives her an advantage over everyone in the roster because she is unique. And so she'll I think she'll always be special in that way. Uh unless they suddenly happen to find someone bigger than him, but than her. But like I, I, I think she's gonna be like she has a, again potential, you know. She's gonna be unique and, and stardom forever. And then we went into the actual main show. Um just like i guess like some quick things the commentary was uh haruo murata makotoe uh this the special guest for milano collection at who he was he was throughout the show but then uh, we have fuka aina aiba maho tomita and the legendary akira hokuto coming in and out depending on on which matches were on i think hokuto like had maybe most of the matches because she i think she did um the two main events I think so uh but but yeah like uh the really cool commentary team just seeing like a bunch of joshi legends come in and out um and in addition we also had a, a couple of uh, congratulation videos from yoshirai and kairi hojo uh personally i thought that kairi hojo should have been there live but you know wwe they gotta you know the they gotta be wwe you know we know how they are and we also have one from tanahashi that was it was nice to see tanahashi congratulate stardom it's it's one of those night those things <laughs> but then the show actually started with the all-star rumble the stardom all-star rumble and well i cannot 
it's 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 a weird thing i cannot really say that this was a good rumble in any like in in wrestling terms um it really was a badly wrestled show i mean not show a match there was a lot of sloppiness there was a lot of wrestlers that obviously because of age cannot do a lot of stuff necessarily like super well uh, you had a lot of combinations of people who probably have never even talked before in their lives having to work together and so maybe there were some like slight miscommunications of styles and stuff like that like there was a lot of spots so you can tell that we we're being called on the spot so again no faulting them for anything so like it, it wasn't a well wrestled match if you're if if you don't know the names coming in and you saw this match you probably thought it was bullshit but that's because you're only looking at the wrestling but if you know the names and you get excited for them and you see like the cool pair-ups unique pair-ups uh the interactions you see like the legends coming out and you get excited for them and you find like some of the comedy like being referenced and you see uh like for instance my favorite thing of the whole match uh was emi sakura's entrance because she came out with the whole got the move roster and i just started crying of, of happiness because i mean got the move is that little promotion that takes place in ishigaya in a in a like 20 by 10 room even maybe smaller and it's just uh, a lot of women that they train here with Emi Sakura and, and maybe, I mean, we're, we're seeing right now Mei Suruga like start to like really grow and, and go beyond Got to Move. But there's a lot of, of them that they they started there and they're just going to stay there and that's going to be their thing. They're going to retire. And it was like super nice to see them all come out and and support of Sakura and they were all present, you know, they're, they're full gear. They were all present in Budokan in the biggest show Joshi have seen in the last maybe 20 years. And so it was just like super, super awesome. Like I was completely marking out. I, I've watched that GIF over and over and over again because I love it. And, and it's those little things that if you saw this match, like it was like so fun, so fulfilling, so satisfying. Uh, like for instance, also seeing uh, Mima Shimoda come out and uh, Yoko Bito come out and Chigusa Nagayo come out and have like fucking spots and, and fucking Yusuke, Jusu uh, Aikawa like come out and actually kick ass and be like the final two. And, and you're like, damn, like you, you could have just like continue wrestling if you wanted to. You're in perfect shape. And, and all of that was stuff, all that stuff was just like so, so awesome. Uh, Momoi Nakanishi was out there and just doing like her comedy and it was fun and she can still go like there's a lot of spots that you, you're like how are you still able to do this and and why are you not doing them like on a weekly basis please and so it was just like so so fun um, and then you have like like your current wrestlers your up and comers like Sayaida go up against Shigusa Nagayo and, and have an interaction and, and, and get to it and, and wrestle and you have a uh, Lady C, who's the rookie of rookies right now, uh, interact with Emi Sakura and fucking Hiroya Matsumoto, who, in my opinion, is like one of the most underrated and like best Joshu wrestlers in in current history. Um, it was just like so, 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 so fun, like so fulfilling. Uh, and then around all of that, you have the story that uh, Unagi Sayaka, who is part of Cosmic Girls and has been going through this seven match trial. And oh boy, did she get her ass kicked in all of those matches. And every match that she's had, she gets her ass kicked. And now, like, now that her seven trial match is over and she's in this match with all these people and she's the one who wins, it's like, fuck like that's so fulfilling like not not to make the comparison because uh, i i hate talking about this company but like look at the storyline with lana in wwe where she got put to a table for months 
And then when she's finally about to get her, uh, her, her, you know, her comeback, I guess, she gets taken out of the match. And then like her comeback just like is bullshit. And 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 in this case, like Sayaka, who obviously Stardom loves, <laughs> like Stardom loves Sayaka. Like they see so much in her. Uh, and she goes through like this seven match trial and she gets her ass kicked. And then when it comes to like the big match, she fucking wins and 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 she does it, you know. And it's and it was just like so 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 satisfying. Um, the one thing in this match that I didn't like, and this is the one thing that I mentioned that I didn't like in the whole show, was that Kikutaro was in here, and he's just started doing a uh, pervert, um, like spots. He was going after boobs, and and so I thought that was like unnecessary, like mostly unnecessary. I think that was unnecessary. Uh, there was so, had already been so much comedy uh, at this point that I did, I thought this was unnecessary. And it was just like bad taste at this point to just do any type of pervert and groping type of stuff. Uh, I think that I think groping uh, spots in wrestling are just maybe way too passe at this point, or at least don't do them in a woman's uh, show. Uh, just do it like in a storyline that maybe makes sense, but like the whole deal of your gimmick. And I, I mean, Kikutara's gimmick is not be—it's not that he's a pervert, but in this case, he played that part, and it was just unnecessary and bad taste. And I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But because honestly, this match—it was so fucking great. Uh, again, this was the the gift, like a nice gift to all the Joshi fans, because you had to see like so much from it, and and that was like, in my opinion, like the best way to start the show because it just got you hyped it got you like kind of sentimental everything you know it was like so so fun uh then we went into i mean i cannot say like the meat of the show because realistically the whole show was meat <laughs> but we went into the first singles match of the night uh this was momo watanabe versus nanai takashi takahashi uh the story behind these two is that, I mean, it goes back a long time. Now, Takahashi, we know she was part of Stardom a long time ago, and she ended up leaving not in the best terms. Uh, Watanabe was one of those rookies uh, that Takahashi beat up when, when Momo was young, and now she, so she's here like trying to, like, you know, make a stand. And, and, and the, the, I think a lot of the themes in this show was about overcoming your not necessarily like seniors but just overcoming uh history in a way and trying to start a new history and i think we saw that in a lot of the a lot of the matches pretty much all of them and so this was the first and unfortunately momo lost to takahashi uh it was a fantastic match uh i think at one point uh like Momo came close to winning. She hit the B driver and but at the end Takahashi won with the Nana Raka and the one second X, the EX. Uh my my takeaway of this is that Momo looked a hundred percent at the level of Takahashi. Like she wasn't uh, like the spotlight didn't like overshadow Momo or anything. Uh my when I came to this show, I I figured this Stardom versus Seedling like rivalry has to end two ways: either Takahashi beats Watanabe and and Iwatani beats Yoshiko, which is what happened. Spoilers, or Watanabe beats Takahashi, but then Yoshiko beats Iwatani, and then we can see Yoshiko chase one of the titles. I don't know if Takahashi is going to chase any title, um, but I figured with that that Yoshiko could. So I I wasn't necessarily surprised that Watanabe lost because I figured, okay, so Iwatani is likely going to win now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Watanabe goes to Seedling and gets her win back because Watanabe has already done, I think like one or two Seedling shows in the last month or two. And so that, that wouldn't be out of this world to see her go and get her win back. Uh, 
I I kind of wish it wasn't in Sealing because not a lot of people are going to see it. But but yeah, like I, I don't know, like Watanabe is one of those names that I think uh Bushiro may not be like super behind Watanabe because I don't think see uh Bushiro sees Watanabe as the kawaii uh cute girl and so they may not think that they can uh you know sell tickets for her but I think Watanabe is one of those wrestlers that they're so good in the ring that they're just going to shine based on their talent uh I've heard comparisons to like to Daniel Bryanson, uh, Daniel Bryans, Brian Danielson, <laughs> um, who is a, a guy that the promotion didn't want to push him because they thought that he was not marketable, and he ended up just talent way, uh, talent wise, like showing that they, he could. And so I think Watanabe is one of those wrestlers who will always have a good spot, but I think she's gonna have to to fight for it, and I think the fans are going to help her. Uh, another comparison that I heard with Watanabe is like she's Naito in the sense that her her path to to gold is tragic and and so she's going to have to fight differently than everyone else. But I don't know, it was a good match. I, I gave this a this is was about a, a four point twenty five, four and a quarter. Um stars, it was really, really fun. Like it was a... Uh, I wouldn't say it was the most brutal match, but it was uh, definitely like, like hard hitting. So it was fun. Next up, we had the SWA Undisputed World Women's Championship match. COD defending against Konami, and this is another uh, student versus senior type of match. Uh, Konami was one of those wrestlers that came up uh, under COD. Uh, COD, I mean, COD has been wrestling for a long time. Uh, she's on MMA, UFC. She's been in several promotions. She's legit. Uh, wrestler and, and fighter and Konami was just one of her her pupils at one time and and so this was similar uh Konami wanted to surpass her her senior uh and unfortunately for her too like she wasn't able uh Sudi defeated her she uh she got the win with a stretch muffler and it was it was interesting because she had the stretch muffler but then she kind of like pulled the leg with her own leg uh, kind of like a Fujiwara with your leg, so it was kind of weird, but it was like a really good looking submission, and and that was the the thing about this match. Like, this was the submission match of the night. Like previously, we had seen like a high speed chase, a tag team match, a comedy battle royal. Then we had like a, I wouldn't call it a brawl, but this was like your Ishi versus Suzuki match with Watanabe and Takahashi. And then you had Sudi and Konami doing uh, technical submission stuff and and a lot of kicks, a lot of kicks, and so it, that was something really nice about the show. Like it was just like a lot of different matches, different types of matches, and they were all telling like similar stories, but at the same time like completely different things. And so yeah, Sudi won. I thought this was four stars too. Um, after the match, Konami and Sudi embrace. Uh, this also showed that maybe Oedotai will start. Uh, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but like Oedotai has been cheating a lot in the last months. And I think, uh, at least in this show, they really, really toned it down. Uh, at this point, uh, Konami straight up told Natsuko Tora, like, nah, this is this fight's mine. Like, you guys don't get involved. And they were outside and they never got involved. So it's nice to see those little things. Uh, next up we had, in my opinion, what was the match of the night. This was my favorite match. Mayu Iwatani versus Yoshiko. This was fucking awesome. Another match that goes 10 years back where, when Stardom started and Yoshiko and Iwatani were there. And we know the, the history that Yoshiko had with Stardom leaving and, and retiring and then coming back with Seedling and trying to like She's legit trying to make amends and just trying to do things right, I think. Um, her Yoshiko is one of those wrestlers that at one point in my life, I hated as a person. She was... Like, there's only two wrestlers 
that I've hated uh, prior to the speaking out movement, I guess, from last year. But there was only two wrestlers, active wrestlers, that I kind of hated throughout my wrestling fandom, and that was New Jack and Yoshiko. And they were both for, pers- for like, real-life reasons. In the last two years, I've come around with Yoshiko. I think, I don't know, like, I think she's trying, I think, uh, I don't know what goes through her head, but, like, I think she's, uh, you know, just trying to do things right. And I think Yoshiko is definitely top 10 wrestler of the year, for sure, in Joshi. Uh, and I think women, overall women, too, in, in the world. Her her last year, you know, just doing things with Seedling, doing things with... Um, Sukasa and Sari and then going to GDT and doing like I guess slightly comedy and her cooking uh TikToks or whatever they are. I think Yoshiko's like really really turned a lot around. Um and I'm one of those I I, I call completely turn around on her. I really enjoy her now. She has lost a lot of weight, she looks fantastic, but still like incredibly scary. And on the other side on the on the red corner, you have fucking Mayu Watani, who is arguably the best woman wrestler right now in the world. Uh, I mean, you can come up with a bunch of uh, other options. I usually go for Yuka Sakasaki, but Mayu Watani is like straight up just one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I think we've come to the point where we underestimate or we under like not appreciate, but like. We forget that she's like so fucking good that when we see her like go, we're like, holy shit, like I forgot how amazing Mayu Otani is. And to me, this was the match. This was like so great. It was uh it was like perfectly booked for them because it saw Yoshiko like beat the shit out of Iwatani and then Iwatani made a strong comeback and then they just started going for just trying to go for the kill at the end and just like Yoshiko started destroying Mayu Watani again and Iwatani like make another comeback and and it just like I think it ended yeah it ended with the the bridge and dragon suplex that Yoshiko kicked out and then Iwatani just finished her with a moonsault and it was like so good and after the match like they're both embracing they're like they had like they I, I haven't seen the the translating the translated show but like they were obviously thanking each other and and like appreciating each other and it was just like so also like so heartwarming and um and it was fantastic uh there was one particularly like scary spot in this match where Iwatani like she went for a tope suicida and even if there were like a bunch of women there like she spiked herself on, on the head uh and but she seemed okay i hope she's okay i mean she could continue wrestling for a while so i think she's okay i mean Mayu Watani is made of rubber, so she she's like Jack Evans. She can take some scary falls and keep going. So ho- hopefully she's okay. But yeah, this was like, in my opinion, the match of the night. I love this match. Um, it was just like so so great. And then we go into the last uh, two matches, the title matches. Uh, first up, we had the red title, the World of Stardom Championship match. Utami Hayashishida, the champion, defeated Saya Kamitani again. This is the match that a lot of people are also considering uh, match of the night. This, I mean, the last three. Uh, this is the one that I felt was just like slightly behind the other two, but still like fantastic. I gave this a 4.5 stars. So it's not like, <laughs> uh, no, this was a four stars. I, it's not like uh, it's like really, really far away. But uh, oh my God, this was just like another great match. Sayaka Mitami, like coming to the match, there was a lot of like opinions about her being like just way too green and way too young to have this spot at the biggest show in in Budokan and I think she she shut everyone up because this match was great her performance was like great Hayashishita who has also had some critics that oh she's she's not that great when it comes to like main eventing and carrying the company but like holy fuck this was she still has been fantastic since since her debut and this match was great um the the story of the match was that utami is stronger 
and like a better well-rounded wrestler but like kamitami uh just has like a really really unique high flying like arsenal and so like that was the thing that was like really really like cutting hashishita out of her guard because hashishita can control certain things but like then kamitami just does a crazy like move and and she would drop hashishita and and also like in the in the anniversary of hayabusa's passing um Kamitami happens to have uh, as her or one of her, her her signature moves, the Phoenix Splash, and that is just something that Utami has never experienced. Uh, uh, the the belief in this match and that was like how it was built from the start it was what that Kamitami has a Phoenix Splash and she thinks that it can it can like take down Utami for the pin. And Hayashita's like, nah, dude, like, it's gonna take more. But then she has never experienced it. So it was just like a really, really good interaction between the two. Um, the the match kind of played out similar. Like I said, like, uh, Hayashita had control, but then Kamitami would have like little, like, a small flurries of offense where she would like get some offense, hurt Hayashita, and then get cut off again. And like over and over again, up until the end where Hayashita just like, survived the the last uh, Kamitami's uh, flurry of offense where she actually went for the Phoenix Splash. Utami dodged it, and then she just started destroying Kamitami, and at the end, she won with... I think it was the, the BT Bomb. The It's like the spinning Racer's Edge Tower Hacker Bomb. Uh, I, I think it's called the BT Bomb. So again, just a fantastic match. Uh, after the match, B Priestley came out to challenge Utami. I didn't think there was going to be um, challenges done in this show, but th- we had one. And it works out because it's just one. It was not the main event. And it will be leading to probably the main event of the Yokohama Cinderella show on April. So that's like that's your April probably main event already booked. So... And B Prisley Hayashita should be good. B Prisley has been really, really good. Uh, ever since she lost the title like uh, that she had, she's been really good. So that should be a great main event. And then we go to the end, to the main event of the night. The match that this is going to be historic. I can't remember the last time that Joshi did a hair versus hair match. Um, I really can't remember the last woman that lost her hair, but it's been a while for sure. And this was the woman, the Wonder of Stardom Championship hair versus hair match. Winner gets to shave the opponent and wins the championship. Julia, the champion, lost to Tam Nakano. And yes, Julia got shaved. And this was just like. This was just fantastic. Um, if you look at the last year of, of booking the stuff that Nakano and Julia started doing, and even if she took a break, Nakano like to do her whole thing with Cosmic Angels and uh, Iwatani, the feud was still there. Uh, Julia and, and Nakano was like a really, really strong feud last year, and then it it got finally to the climax at this show. And this is like at this point, Julia is just an unstoppable, vicious woman. Uh, the last matches that we saw her, where she like straight up mutilated Starlight Kid, and she like cut her her mask off and and removed it, and she beat the shit of Sayaka. Like Julia has been unstoppable in the last months, and then you have Nakano, who is like. In a way, she's like your underdog idol. She was never that wrestler that was like brought in because she was like talent, like a Hayashishita or a Watanabe. Uh, she was, she was like your your Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestler type of like pretty face that they brought in because she was like she was talented and pretty, and she has grown so much in the last years, and 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 now she reaches to the point where she's in virtually a blood feud and and uh against julia 
and the it came to this uh prior to the match i i really like to me this was one of the hardest matches to predict in a long time because on one side you have actually i would go ahead and say this was as hard as predicting dr wagner versus psycho clown because i thought those two were masks that would like I found so hard to believe that either man would lose their mask. And in this case, I I, I feel the same because not that Nakano couldn't lose, lose with her, but I felt like you had a full year of booking, just building up to Nakano winning the championship and finally defeating Julia at the biggest stage. But then I thought that Julia had the most valuable hair, uh, probably in all of Joshi. There are not many women that I can think of that have like just more valuable hair at this point um and so I, I just found it really hard to predict but at the end it was uh it was not kind of i think stardom did the right thing they gave the win to the person that they had been building on and and it's okay to lose your hair i think i think julia can i i've said this already on, on twitter several times I, I i like bald julia i think she gives me like a mad max furiosa feel but uh, I think Julia is one person that she can pull off a pixie cut and still look fantastic. She's not one that is going to have to hide herself because she's bold. I think she looks fantastic nonetheless. I mean, let, let's face it. Some people look fantastic bold. Some people don't. I don't think I would look fantastic, but I think Julia does. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, uh, that's what happened. The, the match was just brutal. Uh Nakano had promised Julia that she was going to break her neck. And I think that's what both women went for. They were just dropping each other on each other's necks and going after the head all match long. Um, the match saw Julia like be super vicious from the start. Eventually, Nakano made her comeback. Like a really, really like spotty. Well, not spotty, but just like like flashy is the word I'm looking for. Flashy uh, comeback. And then at the end, they just like, like usual they started like chasing each other's uh finishers at one point i think um in this story that they told there's a point where nakano cannot make the 10 count and she's about to get just knock like get the knockout loss and julia is the one that decides to like stop the count and attack you uh nakano and what i thought was like one of those things where you like cut the, the pin uh you stop the pin so you can like continue damaging your opponent and just because you hate them and you're vicious but it was here that i think the match turned around and, and that uh julia made her biggest mistake because she could have won by knockout but she decided to continue hurting nakano and nakano that's when she made when she came back and and eventually won the title and the hair and so that was great. Like the, the, the finish of the match was fantastic. Uh, Nakano hit a, a fucking Steiner screwdriver, like super scary. And then the, the Twilight Dream, which is like her super, super signature move. Uh, and she finally defeated Julia. And it was great. Um, the, the, the one thing about Julia is that when it comes to, to Lucha de Apuestas, it's usually the case that the loser is the one that's really being showcased like the winner can say like yeah i took your mask but rea rea realistically uh the one who's going to be talked about and making the news and making the newspapers is always the person who loses the mask or the hair that's just that's just pretty much the rule uh when psycho clown took dr wagner's mask no one gave a fuck about psycho clown but like everyone, everyone talked about Dr. Wagner's uh, losing his mask. And that's the case with, with in this thing too, you know. Nakano, yeah, she gets to win the title. She's now like the face of the company or one of them. Uh, she's going to be your champion. But I think at the end of the day, like a lot of people were just talking about Julia. So I think this is one of those things that I'm pretty sure like they went to, to Julia and Nakano and said like, okay, Julia... We're going to give you the main event of the biggest show of Joshi in the last 20 years. Uh, 
and you are going to be the focus on it, but the prize is going to be your hair. And she's back and she's like, okay, I think that's a fair, fair exchange. Um, and yeah, after the match, uh, the, the, the post-match was super, super emotional. I, I think at one point, Julia started crying before like the whole haircutting thing. And I don't know what it was. I, I wish I could have like had a microphone in there because she's talking to, I think she's talking to Micah, Natsuboy and Himeka who were probably doing the, the second thing. And they're looking after her. They're, they're giving her water, you know, the usual uh, post-match uh, stuff. And, and Julia suddenly just starts crying, like just emotional crying. And I don't know if it was like, a combination of the realization that you're about to get shaved or if it's the realization you just made a band to Budokan or or what but like it was just so emotional and then she just recovers and oh boy she's the coolest motherfucker out there she's like all right let's cut the hair and and she's like totally suave she's like taking it like a boss and and she sits on the chair and grabs the the clippers and and gives them to Nakano and, and she's like, all right, come on, do it. Let's do this. Let's do this. And and I kind of just like starts, she, she breaks down. Uh, she starts crying because she cannot bring herself to just like destroying Julia's beauty. And, and she's just like, you have to do it, dude. Like you want, like now fucking let's do it. And I kind of can just like not do it. Like she's like, I can't. And she gives the, the clippers to, to the, some guy there. And the guy does the does the clipping, and and then you know uh, Julia and and uh, Nakano start having just like this little moment. Nakano's like, it looks really modern, and Julia, and Julia just like starts laughing the like out loud. Uh, and it was just like a really really like beautiful beautiful moment between them. It, it felt like super personal between them, and and at the end, uh, Julia. With half her her head shaved off, she she grabbed Nagano and she put her over and then left and left the uh, left the uh, cosmic angels in the ring so they could celebrate with Nagano in the win, and that was the closing. That was the closing uh, of the show, and it was just like just fucking amazing. <laughs> what can I tell you? This was a fantastic show. Like it's the biggest. Here's the thing to me, like, it was not just the biggest show of Sarm history, but it really felt like a big celebration of Joshi wrestling. Because um, you had, like, representation from Seedling, from Marvelous, from Gatomove. Um, and it kind of felt like those Wrestle Kingdoms from 10 years ago where you could see, like, people from all over the world come in and wrestle. And it just felt like a big party. And, and that, to me, was this show like just a big celebration of joshi wrestling and so oh my god it was just like so so awesome i i thoroughly recommend this show like this is the show that you need to go out of your way to watch um because it was legit one like right now it is the second best show or first best show of the year to me i am days from watching aw revolution which a lot of people tend to like i mean aw's pay-per-views tend to be really good I highly doubt that they're going to top off this show. Uh, it was just like amazing. This will be like legendary history making show, I think, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that's it. And 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 if you like Joshi and you want to learn more about Joshi, uh, I can offer you several things. For one, uh, at the the, uh, the wrestling revolution .com, I do several. Uh, coverage of some Joshi. I'm trying to get as much Joshi as I can as possible. I do Stardom. I do a Tokyo Joshi Pro. I've I've been watching some Ice Ribbon, which I haven't honestly written about it much, but um, I've started to do that stuff. Um, and I've also started a new little project reviewing All Japan Women's uh, Pro Wrestling, the classics uh, from 1983, 1984. And I've also started... Uh, like streaming these shows on Twitch uh, every Friday night at 7 Mountain Time. So if you want to watch Joshi, uh, like old Joshi, old Japan women's Joshi, uh, 
drop by and and watch it with me i try to explain as much as i can believe me i don't, I don't know much about uh 80s joshi <laughs> i mean 80s wrestling probably altogether but 80s joshi especially and so believe me i'm learning with you but uh i do try to do like a little bit of research prior to the show to see like what's going on at least uh, especially because the shows are not easy to follow sometimes uh like the previous show was just one show but the, the second episode that we saw was a compilation of matches and so i i don't know exactly i haven't really seen what's going to happen on third but that's going to ha be happening every friday at seven mountain time so drop by if you want to watch some joshi they're one hour shows they're probably like four matches each uh but yeah like i think I think this is the show where if you want to watch Joshi, like this is the show where you begin. This is a show like it may seem overwhelming, but I think uh, this is this could be the starting point for a new era of Joshi in Japan and the world. So let's all let's go all get on board, you know, and, and go for the trip. So that is it for this mini episode, the showcase episode of Stardom, the 10th anniversary Hinamatsuri All-Star Dream Cinderella. Thank you for listening. Remember to go to start to Spotify. Well, go to Star and World too to, and, and go watch. But also go to Spotify and iTunes to find this and other episodes of WRPX. Go to DW Revolution on Twitter where you can find um you can find me and we can talk. And you can also go to DWrestlingRevolution.com where you can find the full uh written version of this review in case you want to read more in depth into it. There are many things that I don't mention it. Uh, because there's a lot of recapping uh, when I write. But go and give it a, a read. And that is going to be it for this week. Uh, we are going to be coming back next uh, Wednesday for our regular WRPX episode. Most likely covering AW. And unless something big happens, uh, I will probably cover the current status of the New Japan Cup. And maybe the, the 49th anniversary of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So thank you for listening. That is it. Have a pleasant, pleasant weekend. And adios. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it. But we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>